interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Not a Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. I have my amazing co-hosts here with me today. Rob, introduce yourself as usual. I'm back. Nothing funny this time because I'm just getting over what may or may not be COVID. Yay. Yeah. Oh, no. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, and Josh, how you doing? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for asking. Hello, humans out there. Uh, very good. Uh, today on the show, we will be covering uh, Task Force Z, Batman 123. Hey, it rhymed. Nubia, the Coronation Special, <laughs> number one, and Flashpoint Beyond, number one. Of course, we have some spotlights that we will get to before we get into our main reviews, as well as a couple of mentions that we'll throw out there. Uh, but before you head out, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, our biggest stinker, and to find out which titles may or may not make the dump list. If you'd like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcast for either a one-time donation or subscription or access to our Discord as well as other exclusive content available on the network. But with that out of the way, let's get into some news. Guys, what's new this week? Aside from what do you got, Rob? not having COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> we're, we're a week behind... Well, Okay, if, if you guys will indulge me, uh, for anybody that listened last week, Josh mentioned it, why I was away last week. Unfortunately, my father passed away. Um, yeah. If, me, if I could just say, say a young. couple of words. Um, yeah. he, he loved this show. He loved talking to you guys. And, and he mentioned to me on more than one occasion how happy he was that I, I found this group because you're all awesome. He really enjoyed the time you spent here. And quite honestly, I, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for him. When I first joined, I mentioned I'm a second-generation comic reader, and that's because he started reading when he was a kid in the 70s. Um, he was born in 67, so you can imagine how young he was in the 70s. Um, and he got me started really young, so I owe all this to him. So to him, this one's for you, Dad. Absolutely. Oh, Tom, we time, will man. miss you, my man. Uh, <clears throat> I know we really as well, well the world um, yeah I, I didn't get to know your dad too well but he was on the live streams with us and it was just an absolute pleasure to have him around and always good for a, a laugh and, mm-hmm. a, and a, you know a good comment here or there but uh, yeah I, I, I can't and imagine knowing just the mad. most random comic facts yeah oh, yeah, he yeah was a, he was, uh, <laughs> an encyclopedia of random stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's really going to be missed. He was a hell of a man. Uh, a lot and of fun I, going through his huge library in the basement. He's got I can only imagine. Dozens of long yeah. boxes hidden down there. Ooh, early Christmas for Rob, as far as that <laughs> oh, goes, anyway. When, when I moved yeah. out, he turned my own bedroom into his office, but he eventually called it the library because there's bookshelves <laughs> lining the walls full of novels uh, and, and comics that I've just spent hours already going through. And awesome, it's it's going to be a, a lot of fun and a lot of memories. Yeah. But <clears throat> if we get something a little happier, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it happy. We were a week away, we're a week behind on the round robin update. Yes, we so are. We're down to the final two. Woohoo. 
And that is Suicide Squad Dark, due to the surprise of probably no one, because hey, Batman's in it. And Batman. Superboy, the man of the, the yeah, the man of tomorrow. It's the final two. Green Lantern did not make it in. <laughs> surprise, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So uh I've I've looked at a few different tweets. I it's not really showing when the voting's starting, at least not that I've seen yet. Uh, if it's anything like last year, the voting will be solely for the last round on DC Universe Infinite, uh, which is now in the UK, uh, following a very nice. messed up release from what I understand. Their first day, there was a lot of glitches and issues and people couldn't actually get into the system. But it's now making its way finally out into the world. It's not just in the US, and not just in Canada anymore. <clears throat> so look forward to it coming to you soon, most likely. And maybe by this time next year, the whole world will be able to vote on the final round of Round Robin if they decide to actually do this bad idea a third time. <laughs> they will. Uh, yeah, they probably <laughs> will. Huh? And something I want to complain about, uh, and, and this is, I'm maybe most pissed about this because this is something I shared with my dad and it kind of happened in the same week he passed. Legends of Tomorrow got fucking cancelled. Yep. It sure <laughs> did. cliffhanger. With booster yep. fucking gold. <laughs> I'm not happy about this. <laughs> but this week was a Legends of Tomorrow comic, which was quite nice. I read it, being a huge fan of the show. Uh, it, it was quite good, if you like the show. It's part of the, the Earth Prime series of six-issue mini featuring five different TV shows and all culminating in a sixth crossover issue. I've not read any of the others. I really don't care about the others. I cared about this one, and it is pretty standalone. <laughs> it's a very minor... Uh, crossover. So if you're a fan of the show, definitely pick it up. All right. There you go. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You got any more news, Rob? Um, that honestly, no. I've been pretty distracted recently, so I haven't had a chance. Yeah, haven't had a chance to get really. And even before recording, the guys saw I was uh, giving my baby a burping after her feeding. So <laughs> yeah. a lot, a lot of stuff going on in my life right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is. How about you, Brandon? You got anything? News? Uh, just, yeah, a couple of uh, small things. Um, this weekend, for anyone who's unaware, is Free Comic Book Day. Um, there's going to be a lot of, you know, well, free comics. It's in the name. Um, at your LCS. So if you're interested, um, you know, that is on this Saturday, May 7th. It's always on the first Saturday in May. That's the best way to remember um, and you can head to your LCS, and they'll have uh, free comics, which usually feature some kind of, you know, preview or uh, uh, upcoming look at, you know, a run or an event or something. So DC's got their stuff for Infinite Frontier. Marvel has the AXE event coming up soon, um, and then there should be AXE. A ton of other stuff. What is that? Uh, Avengers, X Men, Eternals because um, those are all oh, the big boys wow. right now. Yeah. Oh, so I remember that solicitation. That yes, was a, yeah, so, a long time ago, right? Yeah, so the, the free comic book day issue that I guess is like a teaser for the main event, which is starting this summer, um, that'll be out, like I said, this Saturday. Um, and then, of course, they always have their Spider-Man and Venom and Avengers issues and all that stuff, so... You can pick all that stuff up um, Saturday at your local comic shop. I'm sure they'll have a surplus of them. Um, so that's free comic book day. 
Um, Black Adam number one from Christopher Priest and Rafa Sandoval released the first look at its art, which looks really cool. That's over on Adventures in Poor Taste. It's not colored yet, um, but you can at least get a first look of some of the really great artwork from, from Rafa Sandoval. Yeah, I can only really imagine <clears throat> um, how pretty that is. Yeah, it looks absolutely great. And then the third one is an announcement that isn't really a surprise. I feel like it kind of was expected if you've been keeping up with Urban Legends at all. Um, but that is the announcement that um, the uh, <clears throat> Azrael backups um, that had been running in that series uh, will now be continuing into a six-issue miniseries from the creative team of that oh, series. Nice. So that is going to be written by Dan Waters with art from... And I'm going to try my best not to butcher this. Nikola Chizmesija. Um I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, that will be continuing into a uh, six-issue series with a 40-page one-shot that will be collecting the three-issue, um, uh, I guess, like story that had been collected in, uh, or that had been featured in Urban Legends. Um, but the actual nice. miniseries will be starting um, in, um, sorry, I'm just looking at this now on Newsarama, but that is uh, July, I think. Um, right on. So yeah, that should be pretty cool. Um, I really like the, the story that they had in Urban Legends for Azrael, and uh, you know Dan Waters, I think, did a great job with that character, so I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing that story and hopefully getting a, a kind of satisfying one. I was a huge fan of Arkham City, so... Um, well, yeah. I mean, the comic and also the video game, it's one of my favorite <laughs> video games. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I, I hope this is a, a super cool tale as I, uh, as I expect it will be. That's all I got. It, that will be epic. Um, I've just got a few random pieces. Um, actually pretty much nothing pertains to DC, but, um, first the static status update on the current comic show since Rob mentioned that Legends of Tomorrow is canceled. Um, Moon Knight is still on and definitively awesome. Superman and Lois, pretty damn awesome. And still Naomi, strangely awesome. Um, That's just a little update on the uh, comic shows that are out right now. The ones I watch anyway. Um, also, I don't know if you guys follow Neil Gaiman on Twitter or not, but apparently, and this is another, uh, person that we recently lost. Um, he has, uh, he has attributed Neil Adams, uh, for getting him reinvested into comics when he was ready to throw his hands up and walk away from it permanently. Um, so thanks again, Neil Adams, for something that we didn't even know you did. Hell of a contributor to comics, and you will be missed. Um, I mentioned Moon Knight earlier, and I'm going to mention it again. Moon Knight actor Oscar Isaac is going to be teaming up with Legendary Comics and Rocket Ship Entertainment to launch a new graphic novel called Head Wounds. So that's pretty cool. Um, something that blows my mind is I caught a little sneak peek at the upcoming Marvel's Defenders Beyond number three and the new Phoenix is going to be Galactus's mom. <laughs> my mind blew. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that guy, I was kind from... of like, 
Go ahead. I said, what is this from? Oh, I actually found that on CBR. Oh. Yeah. No, I so mean, it's, what, it's, what series is this from? Oh, Marvel's Defenders Beyond, and it's going to be issue number three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, the, the continuation of the Al Ewing, Javier Rodriguez series from yes. Christ. It's almost been a year now, yeah. Um, Pretty close. Yeah, and Galactus's, Galactus's mom Galactus's is going to the new Phoenix. Yeah, Taia. <laughs> That'll be very entertaining. Um, for for those of you who did not get a chance to read Al Ewing and Javier Rodriguez's Defenders last year, absolutely amazing. I think the trade just came out this week, funnily enough. Um Definitely go check that. It was a lot of fun. And with specific reference to Galactus's mom, Taia, if you're at all familiar with Jack Kirby, pay attention to how Taia speaks. You'll be very satisfied. Um, it, Ooh, it that's good laugh. news. Yeah. As all someone right. who didn't read it, and I'm not <clears throat> too familiar with all of Marvel Cosmic, when I hear Galactus's mom, I'm just picturing Galactus with a blonde wig and lipstick. Is that mm-hmm. That's the same thing that popped into my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you would think that, but uh, but no. Taia is just kind of a like humanoid looking person. Uh, at this point, I guess Galactus is just a baby. Um, but yeah, no. It's she 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 was a very entertaining character. I'll, I'll say that. I, I want to know what she was feeding Galactus as a baby because that motherfucker is huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he he had a little taste of the end of the universe, which is oh yeah, about the the most hearty meal any man can have. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. 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 All right, and then I have one more piece of comic book news, and this one left me a little sour. It probably won't do that to Brandon, maybe not to Rob, but the fact that this is happening made my bottom lip hit the floor. My jaw just dropped. Um, Frank Miller, creator of Sin City and Dark Knight Returns, and in conjunction with Dan Didio or Didio, however you decide to pronounce that name, is going to be launching a new publishing company called Frank Miller Presents. 20 years oh, too late. Boy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. At the uh, bottom I, of I, 20 I, years too late. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I've, I've, like, I've, I've said that probably since I first read Sin City. It was, I love that book, but. I'm like, what a, what a waste of potential of what Sin City could have been, but ultimately was not. But anyway, uh, continue. Nah, nope, that's about all I've got for news. I do have a couple of honorable mentions. I've read uh, Hardware Number 5. The heat is turning up in hardware, y'all. And if you haven't been reading it, you really, really should. Hardware is fucking phenomenal. So far, everything I've seen come out of Milestone has made me nothing but happy. Um, I also took a look at Batman Killing Time number three. It's still a pretty damn decent story. Still mind-blowing art. Um, it's getting pretty Tom Kingsy, but I'm not off it yet. And then, finally, the extra one that I read today was Monkey Prince, or this week, was Monkey Prince n- number four. It's still a little bit silly, but it's turning away from that. And it's turning out to be a pretty good story, man. I'm glad. I really would have hated it if they would have messed this character up because it's such a phenomenal character. I'm glad to see that they didn't. 
Um, as far awesome. as honorable mention and news goes, I'm all wrapped up. Well, if we're all set in that department, let's uh, shine that spotlight over on a couple of books that we think you should check out this week, starting with One Star Squadron, the big finale. We haven't covered this one in a little while, at least it feels that way. Um, so what right. better way uh, to give it some more attention than with its grand finale? And I'm going to pass it over to Rob, who's going to get us all caught up. All right. So this is One Star Squadron number six, final issue, as Brandon mentioned. And this is brought to us by writer Mark Russell, uh, with art by Steve Lieber, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Dave Sharp. So 14 months after the events of last issue, that might be why it feels like it's been so long since we talked about it. Apparently it's been 14 months. Uh, Red Tornado has slowly come to terms with his new life, uh, but he can never let go of the fact that he failed Minuteman and Gangbuster. After reconnecting with some of the old staff and finding some closure, he receives a letter from Minuteman which says that he's found a better life for himself and is finally happy. So, damn, for a comedy book, the, the last two issues just had all the fucking feels. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's a bittersweet ending that really left me wanting more. Uh, maybe we just don't get enough Red Tornado and Power Girl, but I really enjoyed everything in this. From the art to the story notes, honestly, this is one to read. Uh, it's 8.5 out of 10 for this final issue. I, I'm going to miss it. It was, a, it was a good book. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't actually had the chance to read this one yet, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's been a fun little ride for the most part with some ups and downs here or there, but uh, you know you can't really miss with, uh, with Mark Russell and Steve Lieber, so uh, I'm looking Not really. to seeing how it actually wraps <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes it was sad, sometimes it was just depressing, but it was a pretty damn yeah. good story with a really good ending that I was... Be- very glad to see um because i really didn't think it was going to end on a happy note at all um the art is pretty good too though i'm still unsure throughout this whole series if i like the way red tornado is drawn everything else is wonderful i'm just not sure about red tornado but overall who cares (laughs) yes exactly it's the eyes not used to it's already having eyes it's weird (laughs) but but yeah. I mean, overall, honestly, who cares? Because it was, it's not, he's not Batman. He's not somebody that you're going to see in every single week's releases of comics. It was Red Tornado. It was a fun book. It was an emotional book. And it was a pretty damn good story. Um, I, I, I gave One Star Squadron an eight out of 10. Awesome. All right, well then we're going to reshift our spotlight over to another book for this week, and that is pretty appropriate considering it's all neon and all bright lights. That is, of course, Batman Beyond, Neo Year, number two, brought to us by the writing team of Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, with art from Max Dunbar, colors from Sebastian Chang, and letters from Aditya Bidikar. So Terry is... Yeah, Terry is still continuing his crusade with the neo-sentient Gotham, who is convinced to punish Batman for attempting to not let Gotham do what Gotham needs to do. Uh, In particular, Terry is having quite a time fighting not just against Gotham's criminals, but against the sword that the city, the sentient city of Gotham, has commandeered to serve under uh, the city and, and fight against Terry. Uh, But this issue shifts a little bit of focus away from that as Terry faces off against 
a new villain. Um, I don't remember this one from any other Batman Beyond comics, certainly not from the show. Um, neither, neither do I, but the dialogue yeah, um, seems as though he is familiar with him, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure. Um, but that new character, or maybe not new character, I'm not sure, is one by the name of Gestalt, who seems to be uh, almost like this blob type of character that can... Uh, it's, it's hard to describe without just showing it to you visually, but once you see it, it, it yeah. makes a bit more sense. Um, I described but, it as three plant bodies intertwined into something that looks like hell yes that's a better description <laughs> than I could, have, put uh, I could have put um <laughs> but basically the, the issue sees uh gestalt giving uh terry chase across the city through joker town um and through other parts of neo gotham uh before finally possessing him for a little bit um and realizing that gestalt isn't quite as evil as terry had originally conceived it to be and that Maybe there's a chance that they can work together to fight against the neo-sentient Gotham. Um, and, you know, we get a final resolution of the sword, seeing the crystals that uh, had been stolen and taken to Gestalt. And I assume the, the sword of Gotham is going to be working double time to make sure that this new team-up does not last uh, any longer uh, than the, the sentient city wants it to. Um, but this series is just super cool, man. Um, I mean, you know, Batman Beyond is has such an awesome and, and interesting universe, and it's I think it's a really great time um, to be a Batman Beyond fan, considering we have you know Beyond the White Knight in this book as well. Um, and while Beyond mm-hmm. the White Knight certainly has a bit of an interesting twist on the Beyond mythos, I think this one may be a bit more traditional, but is still very satisfying um, in its own way. And I just love this, um, I mean, it, it is to me, maybe not the sum, and, um, you know, that's a matter of opinion, but it feels very year one inspired with Terry using the journal and, you know, is kind of a bit more low tech than he's ever been, even if he's still using the high tech suit, um, which I think is really cool. It's like Terry kind of having to basically go through his own version of year one, even though at this point he's already been tried and tested a million times over, but he's kind of learning how to navigate the city when the city is turned against him. Um, so it's got yeah, a, a I called lot it of really Batman cool, Beyond a bridge version. Yeah, um, it's, it's got a lot of really cool elements to it um, that I'm still super interested in, um, and I just I'm, I can't wait to see how this story is going to play out next. I have no idea how they're going to take on a sentient city, but I'm interested to see how they'll try. Um, so this one got an 8.5 out of 10 for me. I just really dig it. Um, and just one final note, or at least one final note that I have in my notes. Um, really been impressed with the work of Jackson Kelly. Fuck. Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, sorry. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> they're doing a series over at Valiant called The Harbinger, and I they think I just started doing Captain America, and both of those have been really amazing. And I hadn't really paid attention to these guys before. I'd seen them do shorts, but didn't really think much of it. But I feel like they're kind of on the come up right now and have been doing some really great work at multiple different publishers. So seems yeah, like I would advise you yeah I would advise you if you if you see anything from these guys definitely check it out especially the harbinger and uh, and captain america both of those are, are really solid right now um and they're worth your time but anyway this one got an 8.5 really dug it yeah that, I called it uh the batman beyond abridged edition because it it kind of blew my mind seeing that Terry is going to go in there and pull out all the fancy cool stuff from the bat suit so that it can be Tech invisible, which I thought was pretty neat because that's not something I personally had seen 
Batman Beyond do before. It's not an approach I've seen them take. No, it's sort um, of the opposite. He's always been very high tech. Right. Um, so I feel like this could definitely go somewhere we haven't seen. It had some really cool I- ideas introduced, but it's it's part of an extended setup. So things are happening, just not really quite yet. We're getting to where things need to be. Um, it looks really good, and it's a pretty decent story so far already after just two issues. So I'm I'm giving an 8 out of 10, too, and I normally wouldn't do that for an extended setup. Awesome. Yeah, I, <clears throat> sorry, I'm really enjoying it still. And I've said before I'm a huge fan of Batman Beyond, like many people are. <clears throat> sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, this is definitely a great chapter in the Beyond mythos. Uh, even though really it feels like the main plot has kind of been used before it it just feels too much to me like that beyond series post convergence i think when Mm -hmm. tim was wearing the suit and they had to fight brother eye just seeing batman beyond fighting uh giant artificial intelligence that knows your every move (laughs) just feels like it's been done before but they are doing a lot of things differently putting terry through the ringer and all these new characters and villains because it's a nice touch um, and quite honestly, seeing now, not only is he taking away all the high-tech stuff in the suit, but he's also running out of all the supplies and, and tools he needs because the cave is gone. Yep. When you're fighting the future, what's like the one thing that can beat it? If you're a, a big purveyor of time travel stories, you know what's the mm-hmm. one thing that can defeat the future? And that's going to Anything the in the back cave. Well, yeah, <laughs> you would think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's that's also I know like the cave is destroyed, but as we all know, Bruce had stashes all over the city, and even if the city is changed, the stashes will still be there. He'd make sure of it. So, mm-hmm. realistically, um, with Terry running out of all the tools he needs to fight this thing and taking away all the high tech, I really think that he's going to have to go into the past and be a bit more of an analog Batman, a little more classic like Bruce was in his early days using a grappling right. gun and, and simple batarangs, no rocket fuel, nothing high-tech, and just be simple. And that's how you're going to beat the AI, because they can't really account for that anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, More that, Batman that's just me than beyond. No, that's, exactly, yeah. yeah that's, that's just my little prediction about this, that I think is the direction it could go, which I think would be interesting. But we'll see. It's It's been honestly been fun so far. Uh, it's an 8 out of 10 for this one. I look forward to see where they go. You and me both. All right. Well, with that said, we're going to swing our spotlight around to our last book for this week, uh, the grand finale of Suicide Squad, number 15, the last issue in this series. Uh, I'm going to let Josh wrap that one up for us. All right. Suicide Squad, number 15, was written by Dennis Hopeless. Such an unfortunate last name. And art and colors (laughs) by Jesus Moreno, Eduardo Pansica, Julio Frey. Ferreira, Matt Herms, and Marcelo Mialo with Wes Abbott on letters. Um, also, the cover was from P- P- Pansica, Fierro, and Mialo. Um, the issue starts with Flag... with I'm going to call it the Flag Squad. Uh, the issue starts with the Flag Squad debating on what to do next. Um, it all sounds kind of shady and criminal, and they decide that they want to try to ca- kidnap Lex Luthor. Ambug- yeah, that makes sense. Totally, right? I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next logical step. 
What do you have to lose at this point? I mean, I guess. Uh, ambush bug and match. Try at Lex's home and fail. Peacekeeper and flag. Try on a yacht and fail. Sandwoman tries on a golf court and fails. I don't know what else to call her. Sandwoman is about all I can come up with right now. Uh, peacekeeper and ambush bug again at a pref- press conference failed. At LexCorp, they failed. Um, and they all get caught, except for the duplicating dude, but I can't remember his name. And Culebra, who had possessed one of the dupes and then possessed Luther. Um, right before that happens, Luther wants to know why. It's for money to fund the squad. Luther says that he might be interested in doing so. And then they hijack him by having Culebra possess him to open up a safe. Lex gets loose, though, and he grabs a power suit. He starts to clobber them until Ambush Bug, on Flag's orders, teleports in an army of bizarro superboys that defeat him. He concedes and then gives them an unspecified amount of money. They are all celebrating, except for Peacekeeper, who has to be the DD. (laughs) And then the last page... The last page says next task force Lex. Which made me so laugh. So we may be seeing a his, task force. His face made me laugh. Yep, me too. <laughs> just it's just so goofy. But, uh, it looks like we're probably going to be seeing a suicide squad headed up by Lex Luthor, and God only knows what that is going to involve. I have loved the art in this run from the get go. And even though I've been pretty hard on the run itself, I feel like this was an exceptionally really good wrap-up to a pretty much mediocre or less story arc, um, or at least run. It it shows what this kind of Task Force X would be like, and I think with the right creative team, it could be wicked cool. But the, the Task Force Lex part, that could either be awesome or horrible. I, I guess maybe we will see one day. In in either case, this particular issue also got an 8 out of 10 from me. Nice. Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that this is the last issue of the run because I feel like this is the perfect setup for a new arc uh, or a new direction for this series. Just seeing the Task Force X work under Lex. Uh, Right. And uh, I I hope that this leads to a new series. I feel like Lex is kind of everywhere in the DCU at this point. Um, and yeah. it, I feel like it would be the perfect time for... I don't know that they've ever tried it before, but you know maybe a Lex Luthor solo series of him just kind of juggling all the various things that he's doing right now, whether that be you know his investments in uh, uh, Badnesia or um, all the stuff he's doing with The Rising and Superman Son of Kal-El or now running Task Force Lex uh, as, as we're all going to call it forever. Um, yeah, or Gamora. Yeah, like I said, with, with Superman Son of Kal-El, I feel like now you could kind of greenlight a series that just focuses on Lex Luthor and how he's managing all this stuff. But um, like you said, a series like that would kind of need the right creative team. And um, I hope that, you know, maybe they could do something like that. But yeah, it's a shame that this this issue kind of wrapped up, uh, you know, without any clear continuation in sight. Because I actually thought this one was pretty good, with the run that definitely had some ups and downs, arguably more downs than ups. Um, 
even yes. when they tried to put in elements that I thought were cool but ultimately kind of fell flat um, I felt like this was a pretty satisfying wrap up and I hope that if we do get a continuation it's not too far off um, so this one got an 8 out of 10 for me um, I think I preferred the art from Pansica rather than Marino um, in the latter sections of the book but other than that it was a pretty solid wrap up all around couldn't agree more yeah uh, it's, it's it's a good point you have about the uh, Lex being everywhere in the in the DC universe right now. So that even makes me think of Flash a couple of weeks ago, uh, where Wally mentioned that every so often he sees a Legion of Doom headquarters popping up, and somebody's got the money to do it. So he keeps messing with it and taking out something that looks important, and they'll never find it until it's too late. So somebody's got to be doing that, and who's always yeah. been on the Legion of Doom and has lots of money is Lex Luthor. So <clears throat> maybe DC is dropping all these hints, uh, these little places Lex is being all over the comics, and maybe there's going to be some big thing for Lex in the future. He's, he's going to be maybe like World War Lex or something. Who knows? He's just going to wage war against every hero at the same time. World War Lex sounds like an awesome event name. Just right. I don't even care what it's about. <laughs> it just that's just such a great name, man. I can't believe no one has ever thought of that. <laughs> oh, we need that yeah. after the Justice League yeah. comes back to life, which we've, I guess isn't going to happen until at least next year. Yeah, we've. Well, I mean, well, it's just like Justice League dies. Yeah, dude, that is just that is such a great name. Like, I'm not even being facetious. Like, we've had what President Lex, Imperious Lex. No one has ever thought of doing World War Lex. That's such a great yeah. name. Man. I don't, I don't even know what the plot it. would be. That's just, that's just such a great name. Well, that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. If he's, he's got ties with the Gamora Corps, he's got ties with Task Force Lex now, he might be the one building all these Legion of Doom headquarters, he's got ties with all these other things going on. All the villains um, from Badnesia. Yeah, uh, there's, there's tons of shit going on in his life. And how's he juggling at all, right? So yeah. you know, a mini like that, focusing on that would be cool. But if he's using all this for a reason, he's a smart guy and he wants to, hey, the Justice League is now dead. Time to take advantage and maybe do this evil master plan that now that I'm finally out of jail and not being bogged down by an interdimensional goddess, I can actually do something with my life. And maybe Shit, I'll take maybe over the you world. you should write this and pitch it to Oh, DC. God, he's going to be the head of the UN. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> President wasn't enough for Lex Luthor. He yeah, more. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so that that could be cool. Uh, what were we talking about though? Suicide Squad. So <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, a better end than we've than we have been getting, and and by that I, I strictly mean just around the World War or war for earth three stuff that that was really for me just the down point of this entire series i really enjoyed the mm -hmm. first bunch of issues where they were just traveling throughout the the books and, and interacting with other characters i thought that was really cool and really fun stuff and really that this looks like it could have been if it was still going maybe this was the direction it was going to go uh but it obviously got cut short most likely due to poor sales because War for Earth 3 just wasn't good. So, uh, no, this I'll give a 7 out of 10, uh, just because I think some of the bad taste is still there. Uh, if they were given more time, they probably could have scrubbed it out, though. They really found another place for the book, which is unfortunate. Yeah. The, art, the art was pretty good nowadays. Uh, 
the the writing was was a lot better from that silly event we got. So yeah, unfortunately, that's it for maybe, this one. Maybe that can be if Suicide Squad gets relaunched. Um, that can be you know the the. The arc, the first arc of the next book, you can call it World War Lex. I'm still buzzing off that because it's such a great name. Um, and it could just—I want like, it to happen it can... after the 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 Task Force Lex stuff. Like, let him yeah. keep building up Gamora. Have well, I was I was thinking I was thinking that could be that could Lex. Yeah, I was I was thinking that could just be the name of the arc, and the arc is like he basically sends out his Task Force X or his Task Force Lex. On like covert missions around the world, you know, as uh, to find out information and stuff like that, and it's just building up like a, a hit list essentially um, before he God, it makes sounds a big so strike. cool. Yeah. <laughs> it could be like a, a crossover event. You could have like uh, the World War Lex Alpha, <laughs> uh, <number laughs> oh, and then and then uh, like Superman, Son of Kal El, cross over, and then the Flash ties in with the Legion of Doom headquarters, and then yeah, can um, we can we pitch this? Yeah, hey, we, not we've officially. Got if we if, if we pitch it, they won't do it. But <laughs> oh, if man. we just talk about it on the podcast, give it a year. I I just I'm like say... even even if I don't write it, even if I don't write it, I just want them to use that name because I'm like that is bro, that is such a great name, and I I, yes. I, I want someone to use that. that uh, they they could do a tie-in called World War Lex Warzone. What about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would actually be appropriate. Um, yeah. I'd be okay yeah. with it. I'm a hella for it. And let us just say we expect no compensation for this idea. We just want to read it. No. So anybody at that. DC. <laughs> yeah, please. I, title. I want something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just, just some joking. kind of mention. Pro bono. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right, well, before we get into our main reviews for this week, we're going to take a brief commercial break, so we will be right back. Stay tuned. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. All right, we are going to shift our focus away from the Suicide Squad for a moment to the Suicide Squad. Sort of. Uh, (laughs) That is, of course... Task Force Z, not exactly Task Force X, but, I mean, come on, they're a couple letters apart, it's not that bad, it's not that different. Um, so yeah, this Unless is Task Force Rob Z. Unless pronounces it. Yeah, Task Force Z, 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 in the proper use of the word. Um, and I'm going to pass that over to Rob. Maybe. Oh, Rob, it sounds like somebody's not, <laughs> sounds like somebody's not too happy over at your house. Yeah. No, uh, she's she's having a grand old time right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, she's tired. Uh, oh, poor girl. Yeah, poor girl. She was sleeping. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, she's tired. Okay, well, <clears throat> maybe the the dulcet tones of Task Force Z can put her back to sleep. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> yeah uh that is not a an indication of the boringness of this book it is quite a fun book i must admit now so number seven is brought to us from writer matthew rosenberg with art by jack herbert and daniel hdr i it's it just three letters but i think only the age was capitalized it was really weird so <laughs> i i don't mm. know if that's actually his last name or if that was a typo um the colors from adriana lucas and letters from rob lee 
So Jason and Harvey Dent are scrambling to get a working team together to combat Bloom and Powers, Inc. They have just enough Lazarus formula left to bring the team back one more time or to bring one person back permanently. A fact that Mr. Freeze finds out and then promptly takes advantage of as he freezes the two scientist twins down and steals the remaining serum for himself, permanently bringing himself back to life. A fact I think we will see happen elsewhere very soon. So as Jason goes to recruit, in quotations, Victor's as, and Dent goes to Powers Inc. to make a <laughs> statement for the team, uh, the team at the base falls dead. That is Bane, uh, uh, KG Beast, uh, blanking on who else it was. <clears throat> and with no active team and no serum left, Jason and Dent are truly screwed. Uh, because Dent really put on a good statement. Uh, except Jason now yeah. knows one person that might have some serum left, but let's face it, he's not going to give it up easily, if at all, because that man is Batman. <clears throat> oh yeah, that'll go well. Yeah. That's, it's honestly, as I said before, it's it's a fun run. It's definitely taken turns I did not see coming. I thought it was going to be just like your run-of-the-mill zombie book, but it's a hell of a lot more fun than that. Hell um, yeah, it is. Yeah, see, if, if I can be so bold as to say, Task Force yeah. Z blows Marvel zombies out of the fucking water. <laughs> yeah, I could say that. I, I don't know about the first version, but like the definite, like the next ones, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. My mind was blown when they ate Galactus and then went through the multiverse <laughs> eating other planets. Uh. So, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And Iron Man was half the man he used to be. <laughs> like, ah, where's the rim shot? Ah. Where's the rim shot? Where's the rim shot? Oh, sorry. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and I, I don't think you'll ever see DC have a character that, well, he does eat his aunt and girlfriend, then turns around and cries about it. <laughs> like, you know, like. You're hungry. Just need somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was that was that first volume was quite the fucking book, but this one <laughs> is also quite the fucking book. I I, I gotta say it's um just I I wanted to post on out of context uh, comics when I read it that panel with Bloom doing the coochie coo with Baby Man Bat just fucking <laughs> weird. <laughs> oh my. God, yeah, that would be uncomfortable <laughs> to see. <laughs> oh my God, drawn so well. Like, I I saw it and I it took me like a few minutes to figure out what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I realized I had to keep reading to realize it was Bloom running experiments. Like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God, it looks so good. But yeah, this this is a fun run. It's a fun book. Definitely worth the check out. Uh, I gave this an 8.75 out of 10. As far as I know, it's an ongoing. <clears throat> I think they have a final issue planned, uh, but that just might be spitballing out of my mind. I'm not entirely sure about that. Uh, but if they do, I don't know where or when the hell it is. I hope this is ongoing as much as they can, because it's a fun as fuck read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's been a really cool ride so far. Very crazy. Um, definitely a lot more fun than I was expecting. I think I kind of went in with the same, you know, mindset that you did. Oh, it's just kind of a zombie book. 
you know, what can this do differently? Uh, turns out quite a lot. Um, and doing it in a way that still feels like it's tying into everything in the DCU, which I think has been probably the biggest surprise of, of everything. It's not just kind of in its yeah. own corner in its weird little universe. It's, you know, kind of tied into everything that's going on with Gotham right now. While also tying back to probably the most hated part of Scott Snyder's run on Batman, the um, super heavy stuff. It's really tied into that with, you know, Jerry Powers and Mr. Bloom and everything. So I guess Matt Rosenberg was a fan. Um, Me too. It definitely Me feels too. like it's... Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels like it's, you know, it's paying attention to, to everything that's going on. Uh, maybe not so much with the Bane stuff, but I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. But it's paying attention to everything that's going on while also telling its weird and wild little story. And I still am really reading this book for Jason, I would say, more than anything else. And I'm still really digging the direction of where he's going. I'm hoping that when they break into the Batcave in the next issue, uh, as I assume they will... Hopefully it will not do too much to just blow up their relationship because I'm, I'm still kind of hoping that after everything we had in Urban Legends, really just trying to fix that relationship, they're not just going to tear it down again. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just been really solid so far. Um, I liked the art, but I think I prefer Eddie Barrows when he's doing this book. He just has a really great horror style that works well for this series. Um, but the, the art was you know, good for the most part. Um, but yeah, other than that, just a lot of fun, and uh, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens next. I don't know how the hell they're going to try and break into the Batcave, um, but I guess we'll have to see. Probably won't go well. Probably definitely won't go well. Which will upset me, if I'm honest, because Joker's made his way in there, uh, Thawne has made his way in there, Barry gets in, no problem. But if Red Hood can't get uh, well, in there, I'll be like, what the hell? I mean, you know, there are there flashes and jokers, and, and these are what, you know, uh, a guy with a crowbar and a man with a deformed face. My, my, my guess is if they get in, they're probably not going to last that long. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> you they're, could be honest. They're, they're scrappy. Yeah, they're a scrappy bunch. They'll do their best. Um, so, yeah, I gave this one an 8 out of 10. It was just, you know, kind of solid, and I'm looking forward to the next issue for sure. Uh, actually, I mean, honestly, me too. Um, like you two said, seeing a man bat's head on a baby's body fucked with me. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. He's, he's messing with the way man bat regenerates. Okay. That's a little bit better. Um, (laughs) the, the other thing that caught me off guard at first was when Mr. Freeze walked in and started scooping up all the resin, the first thing my brain went to was oh he's gonna bring Nora back second thing my brain went to is wait a minute Nora's already back and left him oh yeah. it's cause he's making himself fully alive again okay yeah. but um it, there was a lot of good stuff in there uh you guys covered most of it some of it wasn't um oh uh if anybody is interested in seeing a Robin who isn't Nightwing's ass uh, that's in this book. Um, uh, but with with what I with what started off as what I assumed would be a novelty book, like the two of you mentioned, um, it's turned into a must read for me. I look forward to the next issue every single issue. 
the art is fantastic throughout. I I did enjoy this one as well, um, though the team is different. I think the story is kicking, man. I dig it a lot. I gave it an 8.25 out of 10. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, cover. Am I the only one that thought yeah. that if they were going to run with that, that it was going to be Ra's al Ghul, seeing as he's right. freshly dead? Interesting. Completely. Well, his, oh, his body was people. eviscerated, so. Eh. Almost, no every web, <laughs> almost every website out there is telling you that Red Hood had to fight off all of his friends as zombies. That's not true. It was just a dream, and it's wrapped up in the first yeah. two pages of the book. Yeah, no, yeah. that's some, some that's some more CBR clickbait. CBR bleeding cool. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> mostly CBR. <laughs> I yeah. mean, mostly bleeding uh, cool. My bad. Mostly, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Rob. Funny that you mentioned Rachel Ghoul because our next book is, of course, Batman One Twenty Three, the fifth part of the Shadow War epic uh, and the fallout of the death of Rachel Ghoul. Um, so yeah, this is Batman 123, brought to us by Joshua Williamson, doing the writing with art from Howard Porter, colors from Tomu Murray, and letters from Clayton Cowles in Blackgate Penitentiary. A random down-on-his-luck schlub finds out that his lawyer is here and is going to help him bail out of jail, or help bail him out of jail. Uh, unfortunately, his lawyer happens to be from Batman and Robin LLP, which means probably not going to have a very good chance of getting out of prison anytime soon. Uh, so Batman and Robin are on the case, and they are trying to find out more information about potential fake death strokes. Because, if you remember from Justice League, and honestly, I wouldn't blame you if you forgot, it was a very forgettable story, which is why I was shocked to see it pop up here again, but... There was a story arc in which the Royal Flush gang had hired a bunch of fake death strokes to distract the Justice League while they did whatever the hell they were going to do. I was still very unclear because it was Bendis, but whatever. Right. But somehow, Sounds I guess awesome. Joshua Thanks, Williamson. Bendis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somehow, Joshua Williamson decided to actually incorporate an element of that story into Shadow War, which was shocking. Um, but anyway, they get all the information they need from this guy and find out that while they had picked up their suits, there was another guy. Uh, picking up his suit from a tailor by the name of Gamby, uh, who you may or may not remember from Black Lightning, <clears throat> who apparently was a lot more menacing than the rest of these other clowns. Someone who was very unhappy, but clearly was a lot more uh, sinister than the other Deathstrokes were. Um, and that's when Batson uh, and Robin decide to hightail it, having got all the information that they need and don't really need to mess around with him anymore. They make their way over to Central City, where Gamby's shop is located, and check in with Batman Incorporated, who inform them that despite the difficulties, they have been able to keep all of, well, most of Deathstroke's people safe from Talia's goons, uh, and uh, it seems like Ghostmaker, or sorry, not Ghostmaker, Clown Hunter has a new costume, uh, which... If you listen to our Ed Brisson interview, you know was kind of confirmed there, but now we actually have a chance to see it in full, um, and I guess we'll get to see a little bit more of it uh, in the upcoming Batman Annual, which is cited as uh, the uh, place where uh, we see Batman Incorporated protecting all of Deathstroke's uh, associates. But in any case, after checking in with the folks at Batman Inc. and finding out that all of Deathstroke's people are safe at the moment, we flash over to Washington, D.C., where... 
Slade, Respawn, and Rose are all on the run. Rose has decided to stay with Slade and Respawn just to find out exactly who's gunning after uh, you know, the, the family at this point uh, and to make sure they also find out who this fake Deathstroke could be. So we got two investigations going on to find out who this fake Deathstroke um, you know, could, could possibly be. Uh, but the dynamic duo are on their way to Central City and as they arrive, Excuse me. As they arrive, Bruce and Damien have some time to reconnect for a little bit, uh, where Bruce finds out a little bit more about the death tournament that Damien was a part of, and also about uh, Damien's own relationship with Respawn. Um, as they make their way into Gamby's fortress, um, Damien t tells his father that he may have a girlfriend now. Uh, I wouldn't mention that because it's kind of a minor thing, but uh, Damien saying that, I guess, upsets Batman so much that he sets off the alarm in an almost slapstick fashion uh, that uh, basically sends them spiraling throughout the rest of Gamby's shop until they are able to get through the rest of the booby traps and find the fake Deathstroke who has been hiding out there, who we do not get to see, but we'll find out probably in the next issue. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but that one was like, that, that felt like something out of a Three Stooges bit where like Damien is like, Dad, I've been meaning to tell you, but I sort of have a girlfriend now. And he's like, what did you just say? And then he trips over the wire and everything blows up. It was, it was so comical. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, guess, I guess he's still not ready to have that talk just yet. Um, that was a Harley Quinn reference, if you got that. Anyway, um, we flash back to Washington, D.C., where Slade is still trying to figure out who this imposter could be and is trying to get into his head a little bit more uh, and finds out that someone else is paying attention to Slade as much as Slade is trying to pay attention to who this imposter could be. That is none other than the Hood, who has been sent by the rest of Batman, Inc., to... Keep tabs on Slade for the moment, um, but I guess he's not doing a very good job as Talia's goons show up within minutes of his arrival um, and unfortunately get the upper hand on Slade and the rest of his family. So much so that they unfortunately, well, I don't know if I should spoil it, but um, I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, one of the goons is able to get in a lucky shot, and unfortunately that shot connects with none other than Respawn, which... Puts Slade in such a bad place that, well, let's just say things are not looking good for Talia in this next part of Shadow War. We also have a backup from Joshua Williamson and Trevor Harrison um, that is part two of the first encounter of Batman versus Deathstroke, also versus Joker, uh, where Having figured out that he was hired by the Joker, Deathstroke has one goal in mind, and that is to kill the Joker by any means necessary. Batman, of course, intervenes like a lunatic and decides that, hey, maybe I shouldn't let this homicidal maniac die today. Um, but I guess that's his own version of judgment, decides to save him from an explosion that Slade sets off. Uh, Batman is not concerned, knowing that Slade will be able to get his way out of there. He's an assassin. He's had worse situations. Um, but everything is all copacetic at this point, and the hit is no longer out on Robin. Slade awakens, feeling like he's drugged out of his mind, and realizing that the Joker toxin hits harder than anything else on the market, or at least now he's learning that it hits 
harder than anything else in the market and realizes right. that even if he didn't finish his contract, he has to make sure that no one else finds out because he's got a reputation to keep. And if you're the best mercenary in the market, you don't want people knowing that you didn't finish your contract, especially if you went up against Batman because that's going to really right. sour your reputation for a while. Um, as for the main story, I kind of had a roller coaster of emotions while I was reading this issue. I read it first on Monday and I really dug it. Then I kind of just felt like I didn't care about it anymore throughout all of Tuesday. But now I feel like I've kind of come back around on it. Um, and uh, I can't say that it's a perfect issue. It definitely feels like we're taking a little while to get into this mystery of who this fake Deathstroke is and how much we should really um, be dragging that out is certainly debatable, but um, I think I'm definitely ready for this mystery to be wrapped up uh, soon, considering this is part five of eight, and you want to have a, a pretty solid resolution, not uh, too rushed or anything. Um, the art from Howard Porter is really good in some places and kind of muddy in others. It's just kind of uh, inconsistent in some places, but uh, not terrible. I think it was stronger than the last issue of Batman that he did. Um, but yeah, on the whole, I mean, it was a solid chapter, um, just kind of looking back on, on everything and definitely has, I would say, probably the best ending of any uh, any issue we've had of Shadow War so far. Definitely was not expecting, you know, Respawn to get gutted like that if he truly is dead. Um, and I think that's going to really set up Slade in a bad way to go head-to-head -head with Talia. And I'm not looking forward to that because I... I don't know. I mean... We heard I rumors that Talia your... was going to die too. Yeah, I, I guess... I guess Really, just place your bets. Who who is going to be more vicious, the scorn mother or the scorn father? We'll see, I guess. But uh, uh, my money personally is on Deathstroke. This is a man who really has nothing to lose. He's already lost two sons. Lord knows Jericho isn't talking to him, and Rose hates his guts. So I feel like Slade at this point is just going to be going straight for the head and is going to kill him at any means necessary. Uh, the backup story is solid, but it just kind of feels like leftover ideas that. Uh, Josh Williamson wanted to do on Batman, but probably didn't have the time to do. Um, it's okay, but it's nothing grand. Just kind of a decent story. So I gave back up a 7, the main story an 8.25 for a total of something. I didn't do the math, so I'm just going to pull out my calculator real quick. But I think that's probably <laughs> around an 8, so I'm just going to give it an 8. Fair enough. Um, uh, wow. Wow this book man um in the first uh, i want to go back real quick to where uh brandon had mentioned how batman didn't react so well to robin telling him that he kind of sort of has a girlfriend now after batman trips the wire robin makes sure he goes that wasn't me i thought that shit he's was right. hilarious he's right <laughs> he's, he's right it wasn't <laughs> nope but um, as far as the rest of it goes, man, I mean, holy shit, what a heavy ending. Christ, I feel bad for Slade. Um, Respawn yeah. didn't just get shot. He, he, he jumped in front of the bullets to save Deathstroke. Um, which, I guess, goes to show how, how much, how important Deathstroke was to him. Uh, finally being a father figure. Hopefully, Respawn isn't dead. I think he is, though. And yeah. It did mention he, that he had a healing factor, which is why I'm not entirely sure that he's dead, but he looks kind of dead. 
Yeah, he looks yeah. pretty dead. And if he is, I mean, this is just horrible. Like we mentioned, he's already lost one son, technically two, um, because Jericho isn't in his life, though we don't really know where he's at right now. Yeah, so... I think he's just done with Slade. So basically, yeah, dead son, estranged son, and possible dead son. Yeah, dead and son. then an imposter who can't be Jericho because he can talk. Um, mm. So I'm really it's it's his it's his long lost third son, fourth son. He's got a lot of kids. <laughs> I <out> mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he slept around, so it wouldn't be wouldn't be unlikely. But, so Respawn is dead. What is Slade going to turn into now? A maniac version of Batman like when Damien died? Because, I mean, that's a pretty tall order. Batman went pretty goddamn maniac. Um, speaking yeah. of which, I mean, he was, dis- he was dissecting Frankenstein, for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin... I mean, oh man, does it feel good to say that again or what? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's wicked... nice to see them actually work <laughs> together again. Wicked cool cover, by the way, and I honestly cannot believe that this was drawn by Howard Porter. He's mostly abandoned that blocky, flat face style that I'm used to seeing from him, especially in Endless Winter. Uh most of the panels are so gorgeous, though there are some not-so-great ones, like Azrael and the Ninjas. They felt a little rushed, a little less um, intentionally detailed. Uh, Batman and Robin back together, Deathstroke losing Respawn. Uh, now I get why he was never given a name, just FYI. <laughs> uh, I think this was simply a phenomenal issue, hands down, and... Um, just curious, but from the gun-toting ninjas, did anyone else get Foot Clan vibes? Yes, yeah. Okay, <laughs> they look right. exactly like Foot Clan soldiers. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one. Um, yeah. So for the first for the first story, man, I gave it a nine point two five. I loved it. It was it was action filled. It kept Batman and Robin real, and it was a bit emotional enough to make me. You know, feel feel sad for Deathstroke. Um, as far as the backup goes, I mean, just super fast and simple, which is all it was. This was a backup about Deathstroke's first encounter with Batman. So, pointless. Um, but it had good art. It just, um, it wasn't a bad story. There was just no reason to have it. And I gave that one a 7.75. I... I, I've stopped dead-ass evening the, the averages out. I want to take it as a book for the whole. So I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 for that one. The whole book is pretty damn sound. Yeah, it's it's really nice to see a return to the dynamic duel of old, uh, if you will. It's not that much old, but it's Batman and Robin old, which is nice to see. I hope it sticks around. <clears throat> Speaking of stick, I really hope Williamson can stick this landing, because as we've said oh, many boy. times, endings are not yeah. his strong suit. It seems uh, the story may be fun at the time, but then you get to the last station, you wonder what 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 the fuck happened? What, what happened to this point. and this? Like, uh, yeah, flash run. <laughs> the entire five of years the of the flash yeah. run. Yeah, well, I think especially yeah, Fla- flash war was like the embodiment of that to me. Where it was like, oh, this is awesome, oh, and then you get to the last issue, and it's like someone just slapped you in the face. The forever force is the one that pissed me off the most. Yeah, 
introducing yes. all those amazing ideas and then going, yeah. eh, you know what? We don't need to mention those again. So yeah, like the, I mean, yeah, the negative force basically went away. I don't even think they mentioned it. Like, come the uh, well, anyway, we, we've talked about that enough. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, as for this, it's it's uh, so far it's really good. It's it's been a fun crossover. I, I feel awkward saying something's fun when somebody got blown to pieces and then a kid got <laughs> shot to death. So. Yeah, no, it's it's lots of fun for the whole family, but it's it's been interesting and oh, sorry, stuffy fucking nose. Uh, with respawn dying, I think that just further solidifies my theory that this uh, mystery deathstroke is Grant Wilson. Yet another be. son I... died just in time for another one to return, the one that he lost the first time, and if <clears throat> if. Um, respawn does respawn uh all the better for him and he gets his family back and then next stop is jericho if he gets his if if respawn gets back comes back to life within two issues i want him given a regular name i don't care I if mean, it's the Bob. name fits <laughs> respawn it would very much fit oh i'm not having a problem with this costumed identity he just needs oh, a regular. Oh, you mean like an actual rate? Oh, okay, I see what you mean. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I don't care if it's Bob. You know, I mean, whatever. Just give Ooh. him a real name. Let him feel human. Wade. Call him Wade. There you... Wait. Oh, <laughs> just, boy. Just to stick it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick. Right? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a solid issue. I, I gave <clears throat> the whole thing an 8.75 because I'll be honest, I completely forgot there was a backup. But that was fun too. That's that was a nice little story. Uh, interesting to see that. Uh, I guess it's the the first meeting of Batman and Deathstroke, if I remember right. And yeah. seeing what Deathstroke would really do against the Joker, and just say to Wintergreen, "Yeah, let's never speak of this." Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see how it does end. I really hope that we get a good ending and not anything like we've had from him in the past uh yeah we'll see how it goes <laughs> batman dies and the storyline just disappears <laughs> <laughs> no don't say that nah, i don't want it to be true either but um yeah. <laughs> oh i think that's it for gotham isn't it hmm think so yeah that's uh, that's about it for gotham so let's go as far as what we possibly can from gotham city uh all the way to themyscira uh with the nubia coronation special uh with uh with nubia so i'll pass that one over to josh all right nubia coronation special number one of one um all inside, a pretty cool cover from David Mack. We have a special issue written by Stephanie Williams and Vida Ayala. Art from a huge team, Marguerite Savage, Colin Dur Colleen Duran, Daryl Banks, Jill Thompson, and Alita Martinez. Hi-Fi and Alex Gomez with letters from Becca Carey. Uh, so the book starts out with Nubia and the oracles gathered at his this spring where they talk about Nubia being ordained by Gaia herself. And then she's 
I don't know, baptized? Then she experiences this flashback, or I, I guess it's more like a past life regression, where she was a warrior long ago in Madagascar, and she died in war being betrayed by her lieutenant. Then she has another flashback to years ago, where Nubia as herself first came to man's world and was considered a threat, though she tried to be a hero. Uh, Martian Manhunter, out of nowhere, was able to explain to her that the world has preconceived notions, see racism, and isn't ready for her right now. Uh, Needs her, but isn't ready for her. Uh, Present day, she's given an an amulet that just shows up and is told that though Nubia thinks it's an anchor to her past, that it very well could be a light. Then, in what we're told is the not-so-distant future on the planet Ar- Irony, which I thought was funny, uh, Nubia and, Nubie, <laughs> and the Amazons are teaching others, um, the inhabitants of the planet Irony, uh, they're teaching them their ways of uniting warring factions on the way home. They discuss an opening of a new Amazonian embassy next to the hall of justice back to the present day. And the very first Amazon embassy finally for the coronation. Of course, it's the first time an Amazonian ceremony was open to the general public and it is celebrated everywhere, and it's hella trending on whatever DC's version of Twitter is. I can't remember what it's called. I think Tweeter? Um, regardless. Uh, but it's done, and Nubia is officially queen of all Amazons, and it is continued in Nubia, queen of the Amazons, number one. Uh, first, let me say, as queen of the Amazons... I hope she cuts down on packaging waste and offers more bathroom breaks. Ah, Amazon, get it? Uh, Whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kidding aside, even with all the wildly different art styles in this issue, it wasn't jarring going from one to the other like that kind of thing usually is. It's an oversized issue giving us more seeds for stories of Nubia and a pretty decently enjoyable one at that. However, I will tell you this is not must-read. It is voluntary, but it is pretty damn good. I enjoyed it. You won't need to read it to keep up, but you will need to read it if you want to enjoy it, because it, it is really good. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Anybody else read honestly, it? Honestly, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. It, it was beautiful. It was a uh, uh, just a gorgeous to look at book. Uh, so many different art styles and, and uh, designs. Sorry, my computer turned off for a second. Here we go. Now I can actually read my notes. Uh, yeah, gorgeous read. art throughout with honestly just an interesting story with some questions for the future. It, when we first got to the, the point of the past, <clears throat> I was like, oh, here we go. Another like long-winded origin story that we never oh, really boy. needed but <laughs> honestly wasn't that bad it, it was it was very short to the point and was interesting and it, it kept the flow going very well um so as long as this was it didn't feel very long it it flowed well like i said it it kept things uh concise and explained well but also left some notes for the future and we are getting um what was it 
called Nubia and and the Amazons. I think Nubia, the book is called. Queen of the Amazons. Queen of the Amazons. That's it. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be good. If I if I remember right, that's a mini. I kind of hope not. I think we could get some very interesting stories from this selection of characters. You want to know what story I want? What's that? What happens to Artemis now? Uh, Well, we'll be getting that very soon. I hope. You better. June? Or July? Yeah, yeah, the one shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just got this weird thought of, of... Artemis just like riding the rails like a hobo, complete with like a <laughs> stick and bindle. I don't know, it was, looked weird. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, Nubia. This this honestly is a gorgeous to look at book. I gave it an eight point seven five, but I think it's even deserving of a nine. It was, I, I, I'm just gaga over the art. It, it was really well done. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's not much more to say. I would say it's it, it was good. Oh, yeah, it was. All right, so we went away from Gotham all the way to an invisible island of Themyscira. You guys feel like jumping universes now? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. But which universe should we choose? Oh, I don't know. Let's go with the Flashpoint universe. The worst one you could possibly have. With Flashpoint being (laughs) on number one, the follow-up to... Yeah. Follow-up to last month's Flashpoint Zero One-Shot. This is the official beginning of the six-issue miniseries brought to us by Jeff Johns, Jeremy Adams, and Tim Sheridan on writing with art from Zermanico and Mikkel Hanin. And colors from Romulo Fajardo and Jordi Belair with letters from Rob Lee. The story picks up exactly where our last one left off with Thomas Wayne taking in the young Dexter Dent um, and really has one goal in mind at this point, and that is to turn the world back to the one that he thought was now present, uh, the one where his son is Batman, where the world is a lot better than it is in the Flashpoint universe. How he gets there, he does not care. Um, Whether that means neglecting all of his other responsibilities or anything else, it really doesn't matter to Thomas because all that matters at this point is his one singular goal, and he is going to get there. But where to start? Well, I'll just let Thomas say it for himself. He's going fishing. But where to fish? Well, there's no other place than the recently flooded London And what better fish to start with than Wonder Woman, uh, the finest fish you could possibly catch. Um, Uh, That's a bit sexist, Brandon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) Thomas uh, makes his way to the underground cavern where Wonder Woman is being kept by the Atlantean guards who have been giving Diana a little bit of shit because, as you may or may not know from Flashpoint, the Themyscirans had pretty much decimated the Atlanteans at that point using the most brutal and horrible means you could possibly imagine. So naturally they're feeling a little bit upset that Wonder Woman is just sitting there waiting for her punishment from Aquaman. But Thomas is able to break into the underground lair or underground cavern, kill the rest of the guards, and make a deal with Wonder Woman that, if he lets her free, 
uh, he will basically use you know the the uh, the lasso as he sees fit, but will leave her alone to do whatever she wants. Um, whether that means letting the Themyscirans take over the world, he doesn't care because, as I said earlier, Thomas has one goal and one goal only, and that is to return the world to what it should be. And his first step is figuring out just how the hell and who the hell tried to interfere with his original plan to get Barry Allen back as the Flash. So he makes his way up to Aquaman's throne room and immediately spins the lasso around his neck demanding to know why he sent someone to kill Barry Allen, only to find out that it was not Barry Allen, which certainly was a surprise to me. I was pretty convinced that it was an Atlantean based on the fact that it was an Atlantean guard that shot Barry Allen, but it seems like there may be an imposter. No, someone apparently wanted Thomas Wayne out of Gotham. It was all very deliberate. Uh, But before Thomas makes his way out, Wonder Woman comes to the rescue and kills Aquaman for him in a very, very surprising moment. Uh, where now that Thomas doesn't really care about the rest of the world and Wonder Woman has killed Aquaman, the Themyscirans are free to move in and take over the rest of Europe as they see fit. Thomas makes his way back to Gotham to find out that his casino has been destroyed. Surprise, surprise, someone is making moves against Thomas Wayne and also finds that the manor has been kind of destroyed thanks to the shenanigans of Dexter Dent and Oswald Cobblepot who have been using his furniture and other things around the house for target practice. Yeah, uh, holes everywhere. Yeah, Thomas decides that the best way to continue his mystery is to find out who exactly would have something to gain by moving against Thomas Wayne. And I guess we'll figure that one out in the next issue. We get a little two-page epilogue uh, detailing what Bruce is maybe or maybe not doing with the uh, the snow globe that he had taken from the, uh, from the base of the Time Masters that uh, had the watch that belonged to Janie Slater. But we're still not entirely sure what that is, necessarily. Uh, but before we can get any more detail on that, we check in with Bruce, or sorry not Bruce Wayne with Barry Allen which was confusing because he's not trapped in that, the great darkness lost yeah, in Columbine. he's not trapped in the great darkness which he should be if this is falling uh you know Justice League incarnate but that's a whole other thing uh, Joshua Barry Williamson's own story yeah yeah I know yeah. this is this is weird um but yeah Barry informs him that Eobard Thawne is back, even though he should be in the, what, like, 25th century as a museum curator right now. Yeah. Uh, or at least from what I remember from the Flash run, that's where he last was. But I guess he's yep. back as the reverse Flash now. Uh, and also informs him that time is broken, that things are not as they seem right now, which Bruce has a hand in but can't really say anything at the moment. Um, but with all that said, uh, this was... A decent start. I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the Zero issue. Really great art from Zermanico. Um, Hell yes. But I, I don't know. I think something about it was just a little slow for me. Or I mean, it had a lot going on, don't get me wrong, and there were definitely some exciting moments, um, especially with you know Wonder Woman killing Aquaman, and now he's pretty much free to do whatever she pleases. But um, I don't know. Something about it, I just I didn't enjoy it as much as the Zero issue. So... I gave this to me. It felt it like bad. It, it felt like typical Jeff Johns work. Yeah, it felt like a very straightforward first issue, uh, and that yep. was about it. So, 
I gave it an eight out of ten. Just kind of solid, but nothing, uh, nothing too mind blowing. Yeah, man, the the art throughout all of this, I thought was incredibly good. Zermanico does not do enough work at DC. I'll never stop saying that. Seriously, amazing. Uh, it's so nice to look at. Um, the story, while I definitely experienced and voiced flashpoint fatigue while that story happened and i haven't i have not revisited it but one time since it came out when i went back and read through it um i didn't have high expectations for this uh, mostly because of uh issue number three of three jokers but that said um so far that's not a problem this is pretty interesting. It's a well-written setup issue. It's got a lot of things laid out in front of it that's got to get taken care of. Hopefully that all happens. Um, and all of that positive idea, all of those positive thoughts and positive comments are regardless of the very strange Davy Crockett slash Johnny Appleseed raccoon hat-wearing hybrid that's sitting in the cave. Who the fuck is that? That is Corky Baxter, as we learned in the last issue. I guess one of the Time oh, Masters. Yeah. I forgot. Okay, Corky. All right. Yeah. Okay. There. Now I don't feel so bad about it being Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> well, that's a very apt description you had, Josh. <laughs> yeah, Isn't it, yeah, though? No, it's exactly like yeah. that. With the coonskin cap and everything. <laughs> But uh, for all of that, everything that this was, man, I enjoyed the shit out of it uh, much, much more than I thought I was going to. Um, I love the I love the part where Oswald Cobblepot is like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with the kid? I'll figure something out. Soon as soon as Batman is gone, kid walks up to Oswald Cobblepot and says, can I shoot a gun? <laughs> sure why not man you're what like six let's give you a 10 millimeter but um yeah i i thought it was great i gave it an 8.75 out of 10 man awesome so i i'm i'm really lost on what the point of this all is and i get it's, money it's technically issue yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, i mean that's technically issue one yeah. So the story's just getting started, but is this a pseudo-sequel to Doomsday Clock? Is it a second chapter for Flashpoints that shouldn't exist because that world is dead? Or is this John's trying to make up for three Jokers? Or is it going to end the same way? Disappointing Maybe. and leaving us feeling dirty inside. Like, I don't know. It's I'm very confused why, why, why we have this right now. But it is a fun enough read so far that I'm enjoying it. The art is fantastic. While I'm lost on what this whole thing is, because uh, there's, there's all this stuff that happened with Thomas Wayne that's just kind of being ignored now uh, for him just trying to figure out why his world is back instead of maybe just enjoying it while he can. <laughs> like, it, this is the world you grew up in. This is the world you were from. It may have died and as far as you're concerned never should have existed, but it's here. Maybe just try and save it. Uh, instead of trying to do anything else and get it destroyed again. Mm. As they say, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I get it's a shitty <laughs> world, but you have the means and the ability to do something about it. Maybe try that for once. <laughs> so, 
True enough. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting story. Uh, I, I gave this a nine out of ten because I'm just on the fence about where this is going. But we'll, I will we'll give you that. Sure. I don't see how this is going to line up with the remainder of the DC universe. I don't see how this is going to affect the DC universe at large. It could just be a fun side story. I imagine that's ex- exactly what it is considering Jeff Johns is on it. That it's yeah. it, it may be great. It may be a letdown. Regardless, it, it won't be centric to anything that we need to read. Yeah. If anything, I could see it tying into Doomsday Clock just with... Uh... The J.D. Slater stuff with the watch and the snow globe. Uh, I could see all that happening. Um, But that might be it. Because the saga of Thomas Wayne Sr. as Batman has just been awkward for the past 10 years. Or the past, no, fuck, 11, 12 years. So, yeah, who who knows what's going to happen. Can can I I just... Can I say one thing, and please don't take this wrong, guys, but you kind of disappointed me here. Neither oh, one of you no. called him Dr. Batman. Oh, yeah. no, I forgot. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, 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 to be honest, yeah. I kind of forgot. I only yeah. Yeah, Oh, I'll never Thomas. forget. I, I, I Every single note that I have, he's not referred to as Thomas. I don't call him Batman. It's Dr. Batman. Forever and ever. It's the yeah. only good thing that came out of Infinite Frontier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, i will definitely remember that for next time i can't believe i forgot dr yeah, yeah i know i, I just, it just kind of slipped my mind <laughs> oh boy well that's it for the reviews i think right that's all the books isn't it uh, yeah that's that's so. all we have for this week so without any further ado we're gonna shift it over to our top three picks for this week as well as a standout moment if you have one uh, which i'm sure we all do so i'm gonna pass it over to josh to kick us off all right mine was pretty easy enough to figure out though i will say that a the first two surprised me that they ended up being here number three is going to be one star squadron I did not expect to end on such a fantastic note, but then again, I shouldn't have ever doubted Mark Wade. Um, number two, I enjoyed the shit out of Flashpoint Beyond. I thought it was really good. I thought it was enjoyable, like most of Jeff Johns' works. I just hope he sticks the landing. That's also a concern that I now have with him. And then finally, with the emotional roller coaster and the few funny points that it had, plus a pretty goddamn decent story, number one is going to go to Batman number one, two, three, because that's where it needs to be. My my favorite moment, I I it's mostly because I didn't expect it, even with the panels preceding. But the standout moment for me this week was Deathstroke holding respawn. Man, that fucking got me. It was it was a hell of a great job. Hell of a great job. So that that one is my favorite moment and my top three. Uh, I'm very similar. I, I had uh, number three I had Batman. Um yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting crossover so far. Again, hope he sticks the landing. 
two, I had TFZ. That's the only time I'll say Z because it feels better with an abbreviation. Uh, yeah, solid read. And then number one, I had Nubia. Just gorgeous, gorgeous book. Um, I really hope that this whole team sticks around for the later series coming soon. Uh, as for favorite moments, I had initially um, from Monkey Prince uh, during the fight with Golden Horn Penguin, him coming into his own, finding his courage, and being very similar in a fighting style to uh, Sun Wukong to begin with. I, I thought that was really cool. He's coming into his own in the fight and finding his his way in combat. I thought that was nice to see. But honestly, that, we mentioned it earlier, and it just kind of stuck with me. Baby Man Bat just freaked me out. <laughs> it was Fucking a I think that's that's definitely my, my top moment right now. Oh, and after this arc is done, can we just say that Baby Man Bat is something we never see again? Just like Baby Batman. Just don't let it happen. <laughs> well, unless yeah. they defeat Bloom before he has a chance to bring Legstrom back. <laughs> and then Baby Man Bat just stuck to a carrier on Jason's chest. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, that's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, this is a horror book. So it works. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's fitting. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, Brandon, what are yours? Yeah, so uh, at number three, I had uh, Batman number 123. I thought it was a solid read all around. At number two, I had Flashpoint Beyond. While the issue still kind of has a bit more to, or while the series still needs a bit more. Uh, to kind of really get me hooked. I thought it was, you know, a decent start. Um, but number one for me was Batman Beyond, Neo Year. Number two, I really dug this one. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing where the rest of the series goes. Um, there were some really gorgeous panels throughout Flashpoint Beyond, but um, I would say if I had to choose, probably go to the panel of uh, Wonder Woman stabbing Aquaman through the chest. Horribly yeah, gruesome, but it's just really well drawn and really, yeah. yes. really captured the action and intensity of it all so definitely good stuff there absolutely well right. that is it for the good ones now how about we talk about the biggest thinker oh that's nasty indeed it is uh but <laughs> i don't know that i have anything to put on the list this week nothing was really particularly stinky if i'm being honest nope same here. I'm taking really? some cut, though. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really didn't really hate anything this week. It was all no, not at all enjoyable. Well, I am going to throw a book onto the stink list, and it's not one that we mentioned. It didn't even garner an honorable mention. The biggest stinker that came out this week is the title that's already on the stink list and will probably never make it off world of krypton fucking sucks end of story yeah. we flushed uh, it once but i wanna flush it again oh nice <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well, so at least I, I haven't read right? it since I mean, issue it's... one what, yeah. was it, have you been reading it since you guys read it the whole way through i read I every book every week three yeah, I, uh, I'm just going to say I called it. Krypton does not need a story. 
at all. <laughs> nope. It's a plot no. device. That's it. It's not a the story. O- <laughs> the only thing that Krypton needs is Rogozar uh, retcon. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an old one. I hate that guy. That whole fucking story. Oh, it made me so mad. But uh, yeah, that's it, man. All right, well, if we're uh, all wrapped up for the week and I don't think we have anything we want to add to the dump list, then I think that is it for this week. Um, remember, of course, to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. We're on Substack where we're putting out newsletters all the time that we think are definitely worth checking out, and that is on notarobotpodcasts.substack.com or something like that. You can just look up Not A Robot Podcast Substack and you'll be able to find it no problem. And of course, there's always Buy Me A Coffee, where you can support us for a dollar a month or a one-time donation uh, to help us out here on the network. And of course, with that, you will have access to our Discord as well as other exclusive content that we think is definitely worth your time. Uh, But with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot. All right, I got to ask you guys, since you weren't here last week, I need to hear what your opinions on Justice League 75 were. Uh, I think I already said it, Um, but uh, yeah, I guess I didn't give you my formal review. I actually wrote it down. I put my enjoyment at an 8.5, and I put my logic at a... I I gave it two scores, because I just... I've never done that, but I felt like it had to be here. Um, but the enjoyment got an 8.5 because, like, I'm not a stickler. Seeing Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman fight Neuron and Darkseid is fucking awesome. Like, come on. It just looks cool, objectively. Um, but logic-wise, the story really made no sense, so it got a 6.5. Rob, how about you? Uh, yeah, so I think my biggest gripe is that they they hyped up and this is again fucking joshua williamson hyping something up and then just not sticking the fucking landing that they hype up this big fight between the dark army and the justice league and you have all these heroes like dual teaming a whole bunch of like big ass cosmic villains and only one of them only one of the justice league actually dies from the dark army everybody else was vaporized by pariah and it just um I think it was two. Green Arrow died. Yeah. Rather oh. viciously. That was a bit of a shock. And I feel like there was one other person. It don't matter, though. The, it wasn't the, the Dark Army that killed him. It was fucking Pariah. Yeah. It, it's just weird and awkward. And I, I really hope we get an explanation for what the fuck is going on with Pariah right now. Because um, <laughs> it, it's... I don't know. It, it was an issue. It, you know what uh, I want to see? It, it started out good. It ended kind of weird and poorly. Yeah. It just makes no sense to me. The, the whole premise of the thing makes no sense other than to just take the league off the board. Because I yeah. just... And this is this is the problem with... I mean, you hit the nail on the head. This is the problem with hyping something up. When you hype something up, you really need to make sure that people believe it. And if you yeah. don't do that, it's not going to work um, because you yep. spend all this time hyping up how powerful and how menacing the great darkness is. 
And then the Justice League incarnate is like, oh my god, the great darkness is here. Like, we don't have any more time. We need to get the most powerful people we possibly can to fight off this multiverse, like, ending threat. And the people they grab are, like, the worst ones you could possibly get. I mean, it, it literally is no... They're there for no other reason. They just need to take them off the board. Because it's like, if you're going to go off against this fucking multiversal threat, why would you grab, like, Batman and Hawkgirl? What are they going to do? Get Captain Atom or, like, half the Green Lantern Corps or a Flash, for Christ's sake. I know why they didn't get them, because they need them to be in Dark Crisis. But it's just like, when you think about it logically, it makes no sense. What could they possibly do against the Great Darkness? Nothing, so yeah, it just it really made no sense to me. That's that's why the logic of the story is like a six point five, because the the justification for getting them to leave does, just doesn't work. You know what I would like to see result from this issue? DC Universe opening up a section where they host just a completely separate page where they host all it's where all all of the bad comics and they call it DC dumb shit. <laughs> I'm not going to do